You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. Some of you got family and friends that don't know Jesus and your heart's broken for them. Can I tell you, God's ever been as much interested in them as you are. Amen. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care how far they've gone. I don't care what they've done. Amen. I don't care about any of that. Neither does God. Because here's the thing. God's blood can cover it all. There's not a sin that God's blood will not cover. Did you hear that? There is redemption. As Pastor Gary speaks today about God's desire to save entire families, he notes that there are often people we care about who don't know Christ. We desperately want these people to come to faith, and it hurts us to see them walking in sin. But we can take hope knowing that God cares deeply about these people too, and His grace is sufficient to save them. It may take a long time before they turn to Jesus, but redemption is certainly possible. We shouldn't give up on praying for them, even when it's difficult. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Luke chapter 19 as he continues his message, Household Salvation. Look around the world, Christian, and see how miserable the world is without Jesus Christ. They put on a good show, and they'll try to convince you otherwise. But some of you were at one point amongst them, and you know personally that there is no hope outside of the Creator of the universe who loves you dearly. So we see the disarray of gospel absence. But not only that, I like to look at the disruption of grace. The very fact that it said, and Jesus entered and passed through Jericho puts me on shouting ground to know that that was the very reason that Jesus came is to bring forth the blessing of heaven on a place that would otherwise have no hope without him. That Jesus, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And the Bible said that Jesus was born in a manger of a virgin womb. And the Bible said they called him Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. I'm glad that he didn't leave us to our own demise. I'm glad he wasn't like the high priest that walked by. Amen. The fellow that was found stripped and left in a ditch down in Jericho. But Jesus was our good Samaritan. And he looked down and saw us in the ditch. And he climbed down in the ditch with us. Amen. That he didn't wait until we could aspire to the height of heaven with our good deeds and with our actions and with our religiosity but no he realized that if we was going to be helped he'd have to come all the way down to where we were because we couldn't even so much as lift up our eyes unto him much less our body or our actions so he came to Jericho he came to where we were I'm glad that he found me when nobody else knew where I was and where in the world is Trap Hill North Carolina and a poor little old family that don't have any hope and any chance 
chance in the world to have any success, but the grace of God sent the man of God to preach the hope of God to a lost soul, and the gospel changed everything because grace disrupted our reality. Boy, I'm telling you, were it not for the grace, do you know what grace is? Grace is unmerited favor. Grace is when God gives you something that you don't earn, that you don't deserve, that you can never work for and attain on your own. It was because of the worth of Christ's love for you and not because of the worth of your own works that he saved you for it's by his grace that he saves us. And the Bible says plainly that it's not of works lest any man should boast. God ain't going to give you the privilege of bragging on how you got to heaven with your good deeds. No, but the Bible says, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. In other words, there's only one way to heaven and that's through the shed blood of Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of your sins and you'll never get to heaven doing good works. You'll never get to heaven with perfect Sunday school attendance. You'll never get to heaven because you got baptized. Amen. You'll get to heaven at the foot of the cross where you call on Jesus to forget for forgiveness of sin and he'll wash you and cleanse you and give you hope for salvation and eternity in heaven. Amen. I'm glad for the disruption of grace. I also see it there in the book of Joshua. We mentioned the city of Jericho, but you also get a glimpse of grace in that hopeless situation when you begin to look at one Rahab the harlot. Amen. Joshua 6, 22 said, but Joshua said unto the two men that had spied out the country, go into the harlot's house and bring out thence the woman, talking about Rahab, and all that she hath, as ye swear unto her. And verse 23 said, And the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren and all that she had, and they brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. Aren't you seeing the grace of God and how he don't just want to save you? He wants to save your whole family. Amen. And it wasn't just Rahab that got help. You know what happened, don't you? You remember the story. They were spying out the land and Rahab had faith and hid these two men, uh, amen, just on a venture that the God they serve, she heard about their God. She heard about he could destroy the nations through Israel. Uh, She heard about how Israel had divine favor and they could pretty much whoop anybody that they come up against because of the might uh, of the God that they served. Uh, And she had heard that they were coming to destroy her city. And she thought maybe perhaps if I'll do a God a favor, if I'll make their God my God and their Lord my Lord, maybe he'll have mercy on me. Maybe he'll have grace. So she began to help the spies and hid them while others looked for them. And because of her faith in God, the book of Hebrews teaches us, uh, the Lord spared her life and not only the life of her, but her whole family, even her second cousins. (laughs) Amen. And you know, them second cousins are rough old sinners, right? Oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I see a disruption of grace. Verse 25 of Joshua 6 said, Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive. Amen. Boy, I like that, don't you? And her father's household and all that she had, and she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day, because she hid 
the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. You know what I see in that passage right there? Because she hid the messengers. You know what you hide with messengers? You also hide their message. You know what the Bible said? Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. I see here a picture and a type of Rahab repenting of her sins. Amen. Because she took the word of God to herself and hid it in her heart. And I see that because of the grace of God, she got delivered. And because even though there was a disarray of gospel absence, there was a disruption of grace that made an exception for this harlot. Why would God use a harlot of all kinds of people? Perhaps it would be argued that the harlot is amongst the lowest in society as far as what men and women think of them. We hate to even think of their actions. We don't, we try to block it out of our mind and, and it's repulsive and, and, and there are many today that live that kind of lifestyle and other than wicked men who take advantage of their wicked services, uh, uh, most people detest them. Most people degrade them, demoralize them and help them go deeper into sin than they already are because there's no grace to be offered them. But I'm glad that Jesus' love knows no depth. Uh, that Jesus' love goes further than yours and I's. Uh, and when the religious crowd kicks them out, Jesus says, come on in. Uh, the water's fine. Amen. Uh, Jesus will save you if you'll call on him today. I don't care how many people give up on you. I don't care what the religious establishment told you years ago. Uh, if you'll call on him, he'll forgive you. He'll change you. He'll save you. He'll deliver you. And he'll put hope in you. And he'll dress you as pure as the white driven snow. Somebody say amen right there. Mm, glory to God, I'm glad for the disruption of grace in the life of Rahab. And the Bible said, by faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Isn't that wonderful? Now it gets a little bit better. Can you handle some more? Give me an amen. All right, we see the disarray of gospel absence. We see the disruption of grace. But now thirdly, I want to put on display the glory of God. Amen. I want to point out now in the book of Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 5, the Bible said, and this keep in mind is the lineage of Jesus Christ found in the book of Matthew chapter 1. And I'm not going to read the entire lineage from start to finish, but you need to see verse number 5 for a very specific reason. It says, and Salmon begat booze of Rahab. Now, the King James Bible spells a R-A-C-H-A-B, but that's the same person that we know of in the Old Testament called Rahab. And Booz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse. And then you skip down to verse 16, and we're fast-forwarding, and Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born who? Jesus, who is called the Christ. Amen. Boy, I'm glad to announce to you today that not only did grace disrupt the life of Rahab the harlot, but grace was so rich and so thick that God wanted to send a message to every generation, past, present, and future, that grace wants to work God's love all the way into your messed up family and bring redemption to you. And he did it so beautifully by including Rahab the harlot and the lineage that led all all the way up to Jesus Christ, the hope for all of humanity. 
Aren't you glad that you have a King of Kings and a Lord of Lords whose pedigree doesn't look so lovely when you go, go to digging real deep? And some people today in their pious arrogance, uh, they assume that they're the best of the best of society and they look down on their noses at you and I uh, and they deem us filthy rags. Uh, but if you dig deep enough, honey, and you probably don't have to dig very far, you'll find some scantily looking people in your family too. Somebody say amen. Here's the problem with that scenario. Every man Every woman, every boy, and every girl is unrighteous and as filthy rags in the eyes of God outside of the hope of Jesus Christ. No matter how good you think you are, the Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. And Jesus, of all people, wanted to highlight the fact that because of Rahab's face, he gave her family the wonderful, rich heritage of leading up to the, the, the birth of Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that good news? I'm glad that the Lord loves us that much, aren't you? That Jesus was too good not to love us. <laughs> See, some of you are too good to love people. Jesus was too good not to. Mm-hmm. Did you catch that? Some people are too good to love folk. But if you get as good as Jesus, you love everybody. Come on, church. Say amen right there. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm glad for the display of God's glory. Aren't you? In the book of Acts, chapter 16, and verse 31 said, And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. In other words, the same gospel that will save you is the same gospel that will deliver your children. They can also call on the name of the Lord. Now, some of you got family and friends that don't know Jesus and your heart's broken for them. Can I tell you, God's every bit as much interested in them as you are. Amen. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care how far they've gone. I don't care what they've done. Amen. I don't care about any of that. Neither does God because here's the thing. God's blood can cover it all. There's not a sin that God's blood will not cover. Did you hear that? There is redemption in the shed blood of Christ. This is the glory of God at its richest display. What better way for God? I mean, we look at the earth that God created and we say, what a magnificent God we serve in. We look at the heavens that declare the glory of God and we say, what a magnificent awesome creator that we have uh, but let me tell you something even more impressive to this old sinner boy is when I look to the cross and I find uh, that at the cross at the cross is where I first saw the light uh, and the burden of my heart rolled away uh, it was there by grace I received my sight uh, and now I'm happy all the day uh, uh, better than the creation better than the uh, stars in heaven is the very creator himself uh, hanging himself on an old rugged cross letting his life bless drain out for you and I so that he could present his blood to the Father in heaven and declare it is finished, declare paid in full for all who receive his grace. Uh, there is no greater display of the glory of God than the cross of Christ. Look to him today and be saved by the grace of God. Somebody shout amen. 
Mm, the Bible said in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5, ye also uh, as lively stones are built up a spiritual house. Uh, boy, I'm glad he put me in the house of God, aren't you? Uh, I'm glad he put me in the family. Uh, it said in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10, uh, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, uh, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Amen. Uh, some of you trying to fit into this old world without Jesus. And let me tell you something. Uh, even as a sinner, you're going to find very lonely and cold and dark places. Amen. You may find a thousand companions that live with you in sin, uh, but you'll still die a lonely death without Jesus because that hole is still empty in your heart. Amen. Uh, and I'm telling you what, I'd rather have loneliness with Jesus than loneliness without him. Wouldn't you? Uh, I've learned that he is my closest companion. I've learned that he is the bright and morning star in my life. I've learned that he is the lily of the valley. He's the rose of Sharon. I've learned that he is my all in all. I've learned as the song of Solomon, I believe it was said that, yea, he is all together lovely. I find no fault in him today. There is no sin. There's no blemish in him. He is perfectly awesome. Amen. He is my Lord and he is my Savior because he bought me and he brought me into the family and he put me in a place where I fit in. Glory to God. Woo! Hallelujah. There is no place I'd rather be than in the family of God. This old world's vicious and cold and cruel. And unless men are taught to be loving by the aid of the Holy Spirit, most of your best friends can sometimes turn their back on you without a flinch. But I'm telling you about a Savior who displays the glory of God at its best on an old cruel cross for your sins and for mine. Aren't you glad? Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14 says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then it says, Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is name. Now I know uh, it looks like the odds are against us Christians and I know uh, that straight, in, straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth to life and few there be that find it. But let me tell you something, honey. The family of God, both in earth and in heaven combined, uh, is the single largest family in all of human history and you best join the family through the blood of Christ unless you want to live in a Christless eternity without God. You say, preacher, you ought not to preach with such fearful words. What kind of a friend would I be to you if I held the truth from you? Would you rather me comfort you with lies or irritate you with the truth? Come on. And so what we see in closing, we see an invitation back in our opening text, Luke chapter 19. Verse 5, this invitation that Jesus gave to Zacchaeus, he also extends to you and I. He came to the place. I'm, oh, I'm glad he came to where I was at. Amen. He looked up and saw. And by the way, do you see the type of the cross where Zacchaeus ran to the tree? Mm, come on now. That'll preach right there. <laughs> Woo, you're in a good place when you run to the tree. Amen. And Jesus said... Uh, he saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste. In other words, 
Hurry up. Don't take your time. Some of you dragging your feet about giving your heart and life to Jesus. The Bible says, behold, today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Do not wait. Make haste. Hurry up and do it before you run out of time. It says, come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he's extending the same invitation to all who still are not members of his family today because he wants you to enjoy the benefits of his love and his mercy and his grace. God did not shed his darling son's blood for it to go to a waste. Amen. So don't let it go to a waste in your life. Take full advantage of the offer because it's a good offer. It's a sure offer. It's a hopeful offer and it will change your life forever. You're worried about your sin, but the blood's powerful enough not only to forgive you, but to cleanse you and to enable you to walk away from that that you're not not able to walk away from yourself. If you're at least willing to turn from your sin and willing to give your heart and life to Jesus, the Bible says to many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And I've got to remind you today that there's no sin that has won a battle against the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. I've seen God strip the bottle right out of the drunkard's hand. I've seen God strip the lust right out of a whoremonger's heart. Can I get an amen? I've seen God take the gambling habit away from a a reckless gambler who's destroying his family's life savings. I've seen God change lives uh, and transform lives and change human nature. Uh, If you ask the professionals today uh, in psychology and psychiatry, and they'll tell you that men do not change uh, and that the best they can do is cope with it uh, and do their best to get through life with their current state of misery. uh, And if they can't help you psychologically, they'll try to put uh, drugs in you to alter your reality and maybe that'll help you and all it is that they're practicing on you and getting rich doing so but Jesus Jesus said if you'll come to him you can have everlasting life and it's a free gift amen he won't even charge you for it amen he'll just sit and I didn't say it didn't cost something now don't don't misunderstand me just because it's free don't mean it wasn't didn't he didn't pay a heavy price he paid everything that heaven had Do you realize the greatest asset that heaven ever had or ever will have is the lifeblood of God's darling son? There is no greater treasure in heaven. We talk about the gold. We talk about the streets of gold. We talk about the mansions. We talk about the pearly gates. We talk about the the 12 uh, foundations of precious stones uh, of that city. And all. And what what kind of wealth would that be uh, if we can measure it in today's measurements? uh, But more precious than any of that was the blood of Christ. And that's the very thing that God waged war over for your soul. Uh, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? You need to know today that he's after you. And he's found you in your sin, but he wants to give you the hope of forgiveness and grace and the strength of repentance to walk in newness of life. So you have that invitation. And so we see that even Zacchaeus had faith and repentance. Because verse 6 said, he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. There's his faith. In verse 8, he said, uh, Behold, Lord, half my goods I give to the poor, and if I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. There's his repentance. It wasn't a fake religious 
routine that he went through. He didn't just come down to the altar and uh, repeat a prayer and get up and declare salvation. No, he had full intent of following through on the grace of God that was being bestowed to him that day. He knew that his life would be different. He knew that he had to repent of his lying and cheating and stealing and all of that. And he began to do that. And here's what Jesus said. Salvation, today salvation's come to thy house. Because he had faith that illustrated repentance. And if you have faith without repentance, your faith is dead. You say, I believe in Jesus, but you're still lying, cheating, stealing, and carrying on. And you're living like a, you don't need God in your life until, until he's like a spare tire to you. And when trouble hits, all of a sudden you, you can't get to the preacher quick enough to pray for you. And you can't get on the church prayer list fast enough to be prayed for. Oh, all of a sudden you need God already, do you? Well, you've been living like the devil, acting like you don't need him for the last 20 years. And you call that being a child of God? Amen. Forbid it to be so. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And if you say you have faith, but you don't have works, James even said your faith is dead being alone. And you know what God wants to do? He wants to save you by his grace. But you've got to be willing to turn from your sin to him in faith and he'll change you forever. You've been listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle. We're so glad you joined us today for this study in God's Word. Be sure to subscribe to True North on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss a new edition. This broadcast is part of Gary Cottle Ministries, and you can learn more about it and Pastor Gary by visiting our website, GaryCottle.com. That's Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. We'd like to invite you to partner with us in sharing the good news of Jesus through this ministry. Would you join Pastor Gary in praying for those listening? Pray for ears to be open and hearts to be receptive to the truth and love found only in God. Please keep Pastor Gary in your prayers as well as he continues to seek God's direction in this ministry. Another way you can be a part of what we're doing is through financial gifts. All amounts are appreciated and useful. Please, prayerfully consider your involvement in this way. And if you feel led to give, you can mail a check to Gary Connell Ministries, 1112 Old Washington Road, Thompson, Georgia, 30824. That's 1112 Old Washington Road, Thompson, Georgia, 30824. Thank you for partnering with us, and thank you for listening today to True North.